some good old swearing will take place on this podcast. Hello to all 17 of my listeners. You're all treasures. In case you didn't know, you're listening to Punk Like Her, and I am your host, Bianca DeSilva. So, as I was putting together this episode, I was also trying to keep my mind off the fact that I was going for laser eye surgery the next day. Uh, the surgery went fine, but I was I was freaking out leading up to it. So, there I was, you know, chattering to myself, don't think about everything that can go wrong. Don't think about everything that can go wrong. Don't think about your eyes having flaps. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. So naturally, I was thinking about it nonstop. So I didn't get much done. So I had to do a second round of work on this episode. It's a mess, and so am I. Uh, so let's just hop right into it, because... Oh, just getting this episode together was a, was a journey. So this week's episode is about the Lunachicks. I'm going to be straight up with you. The quality of this episode is going to be a C level. If you really want to dig deep on the Lunachicks, they wrote a book about their adventures as a band, and it's called Fallopian Rhapsody. So as you can tell, between their name, their band name, and their book name, they're, they're big on puns. So the band was started back in 1987. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, yeah, a riot girl band. All right, well, let me stop you right there. There's some splitting hairs to do, some nitpicking, if you will. So, yes, they're technically a girl band in the early 90s, but they're a New York band. When riot girls, uh, you know, started up, they were centralized in Washington State, so the West Coast not the East Coast. Not to say that there weren't or there couldn't be Riot Girl bands on the East Coast. It would have just come a little bit later. There's also the matter of the whole feminist Riot Girl discourse that's missing from the Lunachicks ethos. Now, I'm not just projecting on like the Lunachicks, um, but they've stated that they don't fall into the Riot Girl movement. Um, a lot of people who took part in the Riot Girl movement were college students or college educated, so they had that 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 feminist theory down. Uh, and the Lunachicks kind of started like straight out of high school. So, the core members of the band are Theo Kogan, Gina Volp, and Sydney Squid Silver. And they all went to high school together. They started the band while in high school, and Theo's brother uh, was on the was on the drums for the first leg of the band's life. They went to like this kind of performing arts high school. I don't know. Uh, it was called LaGuardia High School. It's yeah, I don't know. It's specialized in performing arts. Apparently, it's famous, but I don't know. I've never heard of it. But... Yeah, there we go. So at one of the Lunachicks early shows, Kim Gordon just happened to be in the audience. You know Kim Gordon from Sonic Youth? Yeah, her. So she really liked their set and sent a demo tape to Paul Smith 
And the next thing you know, the Lunachicks are signing on Paul Smith's label called Blast First. And this is when they ditched Theo's brother as a drummer and brought on Becky Wreck. When I was 16, let me tell you. Uh, the infamous CBGB club in New York City, uh, up and closed. The first time uh, my dainty little feet set foot in New York City was four years later. So my timing sucked, but the Luna Chicks time didn't suck. And they got to play at CBGB's like it was no big deal. I know it was just a shitty hole in the wall, but was it was an iconic shitty hole. And now it's just a store, and it's not disgusting cesspool of punk greatness with shitty bathrooms. It's just a store now. So, whatever. So let me tell you about why the Lunachicks are worth talking about. Aside from figuratively shitting all over the patriarchy and breaking the silence on a variety of taboo topics like eating disorders, they also put on one hell of a show. To say their sets were theatrical would be an understatement. Uh, They'd go so far as to hide until it was their time to go on stage to like really make a spectacle with their costumes and the fake blood and the gore makeup. Even with such a stellar and unique getup and some awesome punk-ass songs to go with it, they were often turned away from venues when they were putting together their tours because venues would claim that they already booked too many girl bands for that month. That's so infuriating. That's such bullshit. Imagine a bunch of dudes being told that. Like, Oh, sorry, there's a quota quota on your genitalia. I didn't realize there was quotas on vaginas, but here we are. They had weird, wonky tours that would go all over the place just because they couldn't have, like, a direct tour line because of these venues turning them away. Given the timing of, you know, their heyday in the 90s, it's safe to assume that the Luna Chicks did take part in Van's Warp Tour. They were on the Warped Tour at the same time as Blink-182, and were basically stuck doing damage control. Blink-182 would go out there and tell their female fans to throw their bras on stage or other sexist calls to action. And then the lunatics would just be there like, no, remember feminism and shit, don't fall for this bullshit. I don't know what exactly they said, but Yeah. It sucks. So the Lunatics lineup changed a little over the years, but I think it was due to that whole spinal tap curse, you know, the constant turnaround of the drummer, you know, like, oh, he's changing drummers because they disappear. I don't know. Anyway, together they released six full-length albums, and in 2000 they went on hiatus It was like a hiatus retirement, but in the way Michael Jordan retired, like, not really. And they're still found, you know, playing shows here and there. Um, Just no new albums. So let's just take a moment here and shine a spotlight on Theo Kogan. The last name Kogan makes me think 
Theo Hogan, arch nemesis to Hulk Hogan. But uh, that's just where my, my mind goes. Well, this badass uh, slid into the world at the end of December of 1969. Because being born in 1970 just wouldn't have been as cool. Let me tell you, Theo is one busy lady. So she has the Lunatics, which she started when she was 16. No big deal. But also had a passion for fashion. And she was a model for a bit. Most famously for some Calvin Klein ad. Now she has her own lip gloss company called Armor Beauty. If that's not enough, stacking her resume, she has a newer band called Theo and the Skyscrapers which is just the most dreamy New York band name I've ever come across. And uh, now it's a short episode, but uh, I have some fun facts for you, so it'll be a little longer. Our first fun fact is that Theo Kogan had a small role in the Zoolander movie. She was Cool Tattoo Girl. That movie has so many cameos in it. I need to go rewatch it and find her now, because I, I had no idea before looking into her life. (laughs) And uh, my second fun fact is that Theo's family was Sikh for a year, as in the religion Sikh, not like hide and seek. Just randomly for a year when she was a kid, uh, she even got a Sikh name. Her name was Ram Kirtan Kar. And uh, yeah, then her parents decided to leave the Sikh organization. And uh, yeah, there you go. My sources include... Uh, article, well, Wikipedia, and then articles from Vogue, Punk News, New York Times, and All Music. And I want to thank The Leftovers for providing the theme song. I think I saw today that their, their first single is up on Spotify. If you want to go listen to it, the full album is going to be launched in June. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. And just, yeah. Thanks a bunch thanks a bunch for listening. Please like like follow download, you know, interact with the podcast so it gets more popular. And uh, that's it for today. Thanks a lot. Bye.